Matthew chapter number 6, we'll uh, pick up in verse number 22 here in just a moment, but I read about a woman who went to see her doctor looking very worried. She said, doctor, when I woke up this morning, I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw my hair was wiry and frazzled. My skin was all wrinkled and pasty. My eyes were bloodshot and bugging out. And I had this corpse-like look on my face. What's wrong with me? Doctor, what's wrong? And the doctor looked her over for a couple of minutes, and then he says this. He said, well, I can tell you that there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. And I thought that was my good one, but okay. You know, for uh, some, there might be nothing wrong with our eyesight. On the other hand, there may be some who have problems with their eyesight. Some might be like this fellow then. Try this one, who went to uh, the eye doctor, the receptionist asked him what kind of problems he was having. The man said, I keep seeing spots in front of my eyes. The receptionist asked, have you ever seen a doctor? The man replied, no, just spots, just spots. All right, once again, we turn to the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. We find that Jesus talked about uh, our eyes and our eyesight, and of course we're talking about spiritual eyes and eyesight. And when you think about the eye, you think about the uh, one of the marvels of the human body, uh, the eye. Um, I, it's it's amazing. The human eye is so complicated. Uh, a perfect uh, interrelated system of about 40 individual subsystems. For example, the retina has approximately 137 million special cells that respond to light, send messages to the brain. About 130 million of those cells look like rods, handle the black and white vision. The other 7 million are cone-shaped and allow us to see in color. We look at an object, light rays are reflected from one object to the cornea, and uh, the light rays are bent and infracted and focused by the cornea and lens and the lens job is uh, to make sure that the rays come to sharp focus on the retina and the retina takes those light rays and converts them to uh, electrical impulses which are then transmitted through the optic nerve to the brain where the image is translated and perceived. Amazing. All of that going on. Most importantly, though, notice what happens, and let's dig into chapter 6. And Jesus tells us how important our eyes, our spiritual eyes are. Chapter 6, beginning in verse number 22, he says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole, or, yeah, single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? I want us to take a spiritual exam this morning. and uh, The eye chart is Matthew chapter 6, and verses 22 and 23. <clears throat> and uh, I want us to, to look at, determine what kind of spiritual eyesight we have at Jesus talks about two kinds of eyes. He talks about a single eye and an evil eye. And so uh, we'll begin the exam by first noticing that Jesus, as he talks about proper eyesight. 
Verse 22, he talks about a single eye. The light of the body is the eye, and therefore thine eye be single, the whole body full of light. What did Jesus mean when he, he spoke of our light being single? Well, the word single literally means without folds. The picture is of a piece of, of unfolded cloth, and we use it in reference to the eye. The idea is, is that the eye is healthy. The eye is, is it's good. The, the single eye is one that's, that's properly focused. It's, it's turned in the direction of the Lord Jesus. It's single. It's turned heavenly rather than earthly. The focus is on eternal rather than temporal uh, things. And to have a single eye is to be undivided, to have an undivided devotion, a oneness of purpose and, and uh, the purpose of life to serve God, the priority of life to glorify God, the passion of God, or the passion of life to please God, and that's what Jesus meant by a single eye. So as we're looking at that single eye, and then I, I think of the hymn writer understood the single eye when he wrote this, when he said, "Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace." Verse 22, Jesus said the light of the body is the eye. The eye regulates the motion of the body. Our body responds and reacts to what's seen. And therefore, Jesus said, if the eye, if therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of, of light. The single eye brings a full and, and complete light to the body. What kind of light does a single eye bring into the body? Well, let's uh, think about light for a moment. Let's, uh, let's see two things about light. First, light brings visibility. Make sure so we can see. Step into a dark room and nothing is visible, yet flip on the light switch and everything is visible. Light is revealing. It uh, allows one to see what they could not see without the light. Light brings visibility. It helps us to see. And so the single eye brings light in the Christian life. It brings light to the Word of God. When we're focused, you say, I, I don't know time... Uh, Know the times that I've, or how many times I've heard somebody say, well, I just can't understand the Bible. Well, you need a little bit of light. You need light. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. See, we need the Spirit of God to help us understand the Word of God. It just doesn't come naturally. Somebody goes, well, I, I, you know, I want to understand my Bible before I'll get saved. That's not how that works, according to the Apostle Paul. I, I need to come to know Jesus, and by faith I'll, I'll, I'll trust, and the Holy Spirit of God will help me learn my Bible as I, as I read and I study. A single eye will also bring light to the will of God. See, if there's a question that, that, uh, that, that probably been asked more than any is, is how can I know the will of God? How can I know wh what direction God has? Well, you realize it all begins with a single eye. If you've never come to the place where, where our affections are set on things above, we never uh, know God, we'll never know God's will. Only a single eye will bring light to God's will. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. I've heard that uh, I've heard fellowship defined as two fellows in the same ship. To walk in the light is to be in the same ship with the Lord. When we are in fellowship with the Lord, He'll make us He'll make His will known to us. Fellowship with the Lord is is to walk in the light. To walk in the light. Secondly, let's say this about light: it not only brings visibility, but it also brings vitality. You remember uh, in, in uh, science class or biology class learning about photosynthesis? 
and it's a big word, but uh, uh, all plant life depends on it. All plant life, uh, all uh, plant life would die without it. It's an essential to the growth of plant life, photosynthesis. Photo meaning light, and synthesis meaning put together. A putting together of light can be simply defined as the conversion of light into energy, which is necessary for the growth and life of plants. A couple of things that uh, you ladies know that, that take care of house plants. One, one, you water them on a regular basis. See, if you're at my house, you would watch, they just kind of shrivel. We forget to water but you also place them where they can get some sun. you got to put it where they can get some light. Why? Light's essential for growth. See, if you, you don't know uh, uh, if you don't know to water them and place them where they can get a little bit of light, then they're going to die, aren't they? Pretty simple uh, piece there. Well, Jesus is telling us the same thing's true for spiritual growth. We need the light of God's word, God's presence, God's glory to grow us spiritually. See, the Bible instructs us in, in Ephesians 4.14, he says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and, and cunning craftiness. That we're to grow and to be, to, to be spiritually strong. We're not to remain as children. See, I think it's kind of funny. If you give us about 30 minutes here, maybe 45, and uh, we get everybody dismissed and the kids come up here and they begin to move. I go this way, maybe they're going the other way around, I'm not real sure, but they'll tend to get moving. And uh, somebody get chasing somebody else. It always makes me laugh, because when I think about them, uh, they get moving and somebody's chasing and they might be playing tag, how much does it take to get them distracted? Absolutely nothing. I mean, it's like a ping pong ball. Boom! It'll bounce off of one of them and boom, it all changes. And next thing you know, they're all down front. And what are they doing? They're playing ninja. The game just changed that quick. So there's not a single focus. There's not a not a not a focusness that, that, that goes with them. And it, uh, the the whole idea there in, in the uh, is the fact that, that they uh, they literally are just being bounced about. And so when we look at, at children in the faith, they get bounced about. Matter of fact, that's, uh, the scripture tells us there that the, 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 the moving about, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, chasing every slight of man and the cunning craftiness, those things that sound good. Paul told us in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul told him, he said, I, I couldn't speak to you as ones that were learned or ones who, who had developed in their relationship to, to Christ. And tragically, many that have been saved are still babes in Christ. They've, they've never grown spiritually. That's why certain Christians carry their feelings on their sleeves and, 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 most, uh, uh, and, and cause the, the, the most challenges or problems. Why don't Christians grow spiritually? Well, they're not exposed to the light. Light brings visibility and vitality. Now, how about spiritual insight? Do you have a single eye? Paul said, for to me, to live is Christ. He had a single eye. The great missionary, Adonair Judson, said, the motto of every missionary, whether preacher, printer, schoolmaster, ought to be a devoted for life. Judson understood what it meant to have a single eye. Charles Spurgeon, at age 16, was saved 
on January 6th, 1850. Less than a month later, on February 1st, he wrote the following prayer of, of consecration. He said, O great and unsearchable God, who knowest my heart, triest all my ways, with a humble dependence upon the support of the Holy Spirit, I yield up myself to thee as thine own reasonable sacrifice. I return to thee thine own. I would be forever, unreservedly, perpetually thine whilst I am on earth. I would serve thee, and may I enjoy thee and praise thee forever. Amen. Spurgeon had a single eye. And again, in chapter 6, verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, thine eye, may it be single. Our spiritual quiz question is, is how's our eye? Or, or do we have that single eye that fills the Christian life with light? George Carlin once gave weather report. Weather forecast for tonight, dark, continued dark overnight. With widely scattered light in the morning. You go, hmm. Well, when we have a single eye, there will be more than scattered light. Jesus said the whole body, Christian life, will be full of light. One gentleman translates Jesus' words this way. He said, if however your whole body is penetrated with light and it has no part dark, it will be so lighted. All of it. As when the lamp with its bright shining gives you light. Like a lamp that floods a room. Or a light that shines our path or in the dark. The single eye fills the life with light that brings vitality. It brings visibility. A single eye gives a Christian a proper eyesight. But not only that, notice Jesus spoke of poor eyesight as well, didn't he? Walking through that portion of scripture, verse 23, he told us, he said, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. See, if there, if, if there's darkness, the second kind of eye he talks about is the evil eye. The, the word evil speaks of diseased or defected. Tragically, there are Christians who have poor eyesight. They have defective eyesight. I, uh, I heard about a policeman who pulled a car over for speeding. He asked him to get out of the car. After looking the man over, he says, Sir, I couldn't help but notice your eyes are bloodshot. Have you been drinking? The man got uh, indignant and he says, Officer, I couldn't help but notice your eyes are glazed. Have you been eating donuts? <laughs> in, in the case, that was better. <laughs> in the case of some Christians... We're gaining ground now. In, uh, in the case of some Christians, it's neither red nor glazed. The problem's evil eyes. The problem's evil eyes. Jesus explained that the single eye brings light, but the, the evil eye brings darkness. And we look a little closer at this kind of, of eye or eyesight. What do we see? We see a, a divided life. You'll notice that Jesus spoke of light that's in thee. Jesus talks about Christians have light in them, yet darkness is as well. He's describing one who, who tries to have both worlds. I, I, I find it amazing the, the folks that, that, that they have one foot in spiritual thing and one foot in worldly things, and this person's trying to live for both worlds. 
There are people who, who, uh, uh, who uh, say, well, I'm, I'm going to live. I, 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 want, I, want, uh, I want to go to church. I want to be, I, I want to live right. I, I, I got my foot in the church. But you know what? When it comes Monday or Tuesday or Friday night, I got my foot in the other side of the world. I got my foot in the, in the other part of the world. It's a divided life. Divided between eternity and earthly. A man said to D.L. Moody, he says, Now that I'm converted, I, have I got to give up the, the, the world? Mr. Moody answered, No, you don't have to give up the world, but if you have a good ringing testimony for the Son of God, the world will give you up. And I believe that to be true. They'll give you up. They'll not want to be around. There, will, there are many who don't want to give up the world. They don't want... Uh, and they don't want the world to give them up. They want to be a friend of God and a friend of the world at the same time. And the Bible says this, Ye adulterers and adulterers, know ye that friendship with the world is to be an enmity with God. James 4.4 4. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You can't love God and the world at the same time. We can't be a friend of God and a friend of the world at the same time. To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. We also see that the eye, the evil eye, speaks of a deprived life. We saw the single eye brings light, but an evil eye brings darkness. One with a single eye experiences the, and enjoys the things of God, but one with an evil eye misses out on, on what God has for them. And, and to have an evil eye is to live in a spiritually shortened or, or short-changed life, to live far below the privileges that God's given us. I read about a fellow who, who booked a passage on an ocean liner. He, he only had enough money to purchase his ticket, and each day he'd look in the window of the dining room to watch the, the people eat the fancy prepared meals, and then he would go to his cabin and munch uh, on his cheese and crackers. And day after day he would lick his lips as he thought about the delicious meals other passengers were eating. It was not until the last day that he discovered that his ticket included all the meals. He could have been enjoying what everyone else had enjoyed, and yet he missed out. See, those who have an evil eye have a ticket that gives them access to all that God has, has given, yet they're traveling to heaven missing out, being deprived of all they could experience and enjoy. There are many blessings God has for the believer, yet God withholds his blessings from those who are not willing to be obedient. I find it amazing at the folks that don't choose to listen to God. I shared, um, I think it was last Sunday, um, here in the last couple of weeks, I received a phone call from a young lady that was in our youth department down in Florida. and haven't talked with her in, in a long time. She come across my name on social media and, uh, and figured out how to get a hold of us. And uh, gave a gave a phone call, got a phone call to us, and and uh, I had called her back and just to see what we could do. And I thought it was interesting. Gloria is a neat young lady. She was hyper child everywhere, um, and everybody that was around her, her group of friends, they were all hyper too. Um, they had high energy, no question about it. And I thought it was interesting though that uh, she says. She said, you know, she went to church, and she came um, 
I don't know, probably three, maybe four years that uh, she came to church pretty regularly, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, rode the vans in, rode the buses in, and, and uh, came to church. And in the course of our conversation, I asked her, I said, Gloria, have you been to church? When was the last time you were in church? And she said, it's been a long time ago. And I said, uh, why not change it this week? Why not change it this week? I said, why don't you, why don't you say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to return to you, and let's, let's get you there this week. I said, do you need some help? I'll make sure you get there. I'll, uh, I know somebody in the area, and I know where, where the church is. I even know what time the church starts. If I can pull it up, and I had it up on the computer. And I want you to notice that, that she says very simply, she goes, I got so blinded. I got distracted. I was so blinded. I just didn't see. And I got off the phone with her. And I have I, I, to be quite honest. Like I said, young lady had everything ahead of her. And she had a, a neat relationship with the Lord. Came out of a tough home. And I said, man, I wish that she had not chosen to follow that dark path. Life would have been so much easier if she said, yes, Lord. But she told me about some of the, the burdens that she's encountered these, through the years. In a darkened life, Jesus said, if thine eye be evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. There's, there's an absence of any and all light. If, if light's needed to understand God's word, then the Bible is is a locked book to one with an evil eye. Doesn't make sense. See, if light's needed to know God's will, then the will of God will will be beyond one's grasp. Jesus added that that is uh, that's the results in spiritual blindness. Jesus said, "If there, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? The darkness is so great that one's totally blinded to spiritual things." You know, there are some folks that are spiritually blind and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. I talked with a parent this week and they weren't real happy with how things were going and how their life was. And they said, I don't understand. I've been digging in my Bible. I've been reading my Bible. I'm searching my Bible. And, uh, <laughs> and naturally, the preacher comes out and goes, that's nice. But have you confessed yet? What do you mean, Pastor? And I said, well, it's still darkness until we come to the place that we give our heart. If I'm not willing to give my heart, then it's still dark. It doesn't, it's still not going to lie. I can search it all I want to. But until I'm willing to give my heart and say, Lord Jesus, here's my heart and here's my life and here's me, I'm still in darkness. I said, and and what you're telling me, you're going, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't do this. It doesn't. And all of the objections that were coming up. And I said, that, uh, that's just spiritual darkness. It's just spiritual darkness. And to step out of the darkness and into light is to accept the one who died for you. Well, I've done that. And I said, but how about give your life over to him? 
quit control in our life. Quit hanging on to the, the steering wheel of our life and let go. Say, here, God. Here, God. See, why do Christians let days go by without reading and studying the Bible? It's because they don't realize the treasure that they have. Blind to what the Bible can mean to them. Or why do Christians fear the will of God? They're blind to the blessing and the joy that comes from being in and doing the will of God. What a neat blessing to see God when, when he opens up the windows of heaven and, and he pours out the blessings. Just so exciting to see what, what God's doing. Not just, well, here we are. See, let me ask you about our eyes, your eyes, your eyesight. Remember the eye charts when you go to the doctor? There's a series of letters, and the bottom line is really tiny, tiny letters. And if I'm not mistaken, if you can read the bottom line, you have 24 eyesight. But if you go to the top line, that one is 2050 eyesight. That's that great big letter E. <laughs> If that's the only one you can see, we got problems, right? You go, when I go to the eye doctor, I go, ah, let me see. And we can chuckle about going to the eye doctor like that, and we can chuckle. I, I remember one time I went in, and I walked over when I was waiting on him. And I walked over, and I said, I got to read that line that I know I got to read. And I went over, and so I, I got close enough that I could read it all the way across. And what did I do? I memorized it. I had a minute to memorize, so I memorized the line. And I sat down, and he says, read line six. I said, how about line eight? He says, okay, give me line eight. Blah, 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 and I rattled it off. And then he goes, let me change the card. <laughs> I said, what do you mean change the card? He says, you memorized that one. And I know you did. I wasn't sneaking anything by him. And, uh, and He's been a great eye doctor. He retired this year. But uh, he, he's so funny because he goes, he says, I'm changing the card every time you come in because you're going to memorize it again. Yes, I might. <laughs> he goes, it doesn't help you, though. That doesn't help you. I said, well, I thought it did. It got me through the eye exam a whole lot easier. <laughs> but it's funny. We might be able to walk through, but when we use Matthew 6, 22 and 23 as an eye chart, what does the chart reveal? See, do we have a single eye or do we have an evil eye? For an article I read, a, a study in Canada found out that Canadians rank their eyesight as more important than their money and power. Seven out of ten said they would not give up their eyesight for anything. To win the lottery or even to be the prime minister? No, I'd rather have my eyesight, they said. In 2006, a survey released on the eve of World Sight Day said 9 out of 10, 97%, said they wouldn't trade their eyesight for a full and healthy life to the age of 100. Over half surveyed even said, they would be willing to give up another physical ability to regain their eyesight 
if they became blind. I wish that Christians had the same desire about their spiritual eyes. See, the issue with our eyes is a matter of living in the light or living in the darkness. And which do we prefer? I hope we prefer the light instead of the darkness. So as we take our exam, we take our eye exam. Are we living in the light or are we living in the dark? See, it shouldn't be that surprising when you go in the eye doctor's office. And there's always that another test. You know the one where the lights go off? You have to sit to that thing. Oh, it's my least favorite of all the tests. There's just a little light, and then poof. <laughs> he told me one day he was going to put a board behind my head because I jumped too much. Because I wouldn't let him shoot that air or whatever it is they do. whack your head you do you miss again I said, I said I can't help it I can anticipate <laughs> I'm like I just couldn't, couldn't do it but you know what I don't like that test because there's not enough light for me to tell what he's going to do it's like a bailout altogether. and I know it's for my own good and for my own health you know there are some things we know are for our own good and for our own health If we put those in our life, are we choosing light over darkness?